This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona for boosted parlays to in-game odds on all major sports. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGP to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best NBA better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. There's $3,000 up for grabs in their season-long contest and $200 every week in their weekly contest. Just head over to oddscrowd.com to sign up now. And, of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. Your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, DGens, welcome back to the Golf Gambling Podcast. I'm your host and flying solo tonight, Steve Shermer. And, of course, whenever you re- hear me uh, read the ads before the podcast, that means Boston Cappers and parts of No, it's Actually, I do know where he is. He's at Universal Studios, uh, currently waiting for the buses to go back to his hotel. And uh, he's in a kind of a salty mood. Uh, he uh, you know, had a couple things didn't go his way at the CJ Cup. Of course, the Patriots blew it uh couple different ways uh today against the cowboys he also somehow pulled his groin at universal studios so we'll probably talk about that on tuesday as far as how he exactly did that but i come to you today uh well tonight by last week i said i i I was in the dumps i was in a salty mood i was sour Uh, i wasn't very happy with how I've been very close and hitting a bunch of winners pre-tournament uh, over the last two months, only to get screwed or have them come in second, whatever. Um, but I said that I would give you all a winner, and I'm a man of my word. I gave you a winner. I wrote my column this week that you should FOMO bet Rory McIlroy. I FOMO bet Rory McIlroy at 22 to 1. You know, he was hanging around 20, I think, most of the week. That's probably what you all got him at. And sure enough, he came through. So, uh, yeah, congratulations if you uh, followed me on it. I was very happy with that. Uh, he played great. I mean, he had, like there was a, the notion, I think, that, oh, he's done. He's cooked. I know Boston Capper did not like Rory McIlroy last week uh, when I mentioned that I, would, I really liked him. Well, you know, I mean, listen, it was a Tom Fazio design. Rory tends to do very well in these courses. He ended up winning. I mean, if, if you look at how he did it, though, and it kind of goes to show how, you know, how little I think about the Summit Club. We'll talk about that a little bit, but. Uh, Rory lost strokes on approach shot for the week, mostly because he just kept hitting in the desert, I think, on Thursday and Friday. And that's basically an automatic punch out back into the fairway. But uh, he was second in strokes getting off the tee this week. That was a big set I was looking for. That helped me cut down the field a lot as far as guys I was looking at, just basically guys who gained a lot of strokes off the tee. And he gained a stroke in the half putting, which that was a club that was very streaky for him all year. And that helped him this week. So congratulations, congratulations to Roy McIlroy. Uh, sorry for everyone who went down narrative street with Kyle Morikawa this week. Uh, that is yet another heartbreaking loss. Similar to last week when everybody was on Matthew Wolf, I was among you know the casuals on that. You're going to hear everybody complain about Kyle Morikawa not coming through. 
Uh, I ended up just putting down a big bet on him on top 20. That cashed very easily. I did say there was Justin Thomas. It's going to dead heat a little bit, but that worked out pretty well. This actually could have been a really big week for me. I had Sam Burns top 10. I had Aaron Weiss uh, top 20. But I missed out on a couple of things like Abe Answer just missed finishing inside the top 10. EVR was a guy I really liked this week. He, he just missed finishing outside the top 20. Uh, a couple other things didn't go my way, though. Um, I had a Hideki over Cam Smith matchup. That did not go well. I, that was Cam Smith was somebody I didn't like heading into the weekend. He proved me wrong immediately. He continued to where he picked off, and Hideki is kind of a mess. Um, but uh, I had a Charlie Hoffman coming back uh, to beat Brian Harmon in a pillow fight. That worked out pretty well. And then Victor Hoffman ended up pushing with uh, Jordan Spieth for head-to-head. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I am very happy. I am very gracious that Roy McIlroy won. And uh, yeah, we can move on a little bit. Um, I, I guess before we move on, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm glad I hit the winner, but that was really the only enjoyable thing about watching this tournament. I, I don't really get why people would pay $200,000 to win the summit. I mean, for that amount of money and the connections too, you can do the same thing and enjoy Wingfoot. I mean, just like, I, I don't understand with the summit club, what you get there that you can't get everywhere else. And it's, 30 minutes from the strip. I mean, you saw it today. Like, there was no buzz, no energy. No one even wanted to make the trip out there. And it's just the golf course is fine. And, you know, I, I, it's these guys ate it up as we thought we would, as we thought they would. Uh, it was a soft golf course, big greens. And whenever you get that with these equipment the guys play, I mean, there's really no defenses to it. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I hope Tom Fazio got a uh, bang for his buck with uh, some free publicity this week. Um, you know, maybe that will drop up a little bit, his, uh, drop up some of his membership uh, this this year, and uh, people can pay two hundred thousand dollars to look at a mountain and look at the strip from uh, thirty miles away. Let's take a break before we wrap up this, the the uh, CJ Cup and then move on to the uh, the Zozo. Let's talk about WinBet. So are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Bring the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. They have great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now on WinBet. From boosted parlays to in live in-game odds in every major sport, they have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today, receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. All right, well, before we get to the Zozo, we haven't done this in a while. I was hoping Boston Cap would be here so we kind of banter back and forth. But, I mean, he is in uh, Universal Series Hell, so I'm going to do this myself. We're going to do a DFS report card. And I think this field warns it. I think there's a lot of interesting talking points that we can go through as far as where ownership was, how guys did, what some of the narratives were flowing around before this tournament, and then compared to how they did. So over $10,000, the most popular player in uh, in the GPP was Xander Shoffley at 22%. He was fine. He had a very good Sunday. Um, what did he do today? I, I know he was minus eight. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he struck it awesome. He gained about three and a half strokes with his approach shots, gained over a stroke putting. That's probably going to fuel some, um, a little push to bet him next week at the Zozo because he closed so well. Um, other than that, though, he was kind of irrelevant. So, you know, 
I mean, sorry if you were on him. Sorry if you, I mean, if you bet him top 20, I think like my co-host did, that ended up getting dead heated. But uh, I mean, other than that, he didn't really help you much. I, I mean, Kyle Morikawa came through for everybody as far as at least DFS. You know, unfortunately, he didn't bring it home for the, uh, the futures bets. But you know what? Listen, he was great. He was a great fit for this golf course. And usually when Kyle Morikawa gains strokes putting like he did this week, he gained just under a stroke per round putting. He usually wins. Well, unfortunately, Rory just putted a little better than him. So he got done. Justin Thomas was 12th in DraftKings scoring this week. He was he had a big Sunday, but you know, he ended up saving a uh a football bet of a top 20 I had on him. Uh, I was sweating that out uh right to the end. He ended up coming through on Sunday, but overall he he was fine. I, I don't think we're going to see him again till probably Kapalua next year. So have a good rest of the fall, JT. We'll, we'll see you then. Um, now probably the biggest disappointment in this range was Dustin Johnson. He's 13%. I mean, he didn't get a lot of ownership, but you know, coming off the Ryder Cup, I think people were interested in seeing how well he would do uh, because he was the best player, and he just he didn't play good this week. Uh, what did he do? What was he did? Uh, I mean, nothing stood out. He's basically he lost strokes off the tee, lost strokes with approach shots. I mean, there, it's not like bad numbers. It just was about field average. He gained a little bit putting, like, but that was kind of the mo for DJ the second half of the year. Like his ball striking numbers just weren't very good, and that kind of continued this week. So, um, we might see him. He, I know he played Memorial Park last or in 2020 for the Houston Open before the masters, but that was because he wanted to tee it up. Then I don't know if he's going to play it this year. We'll see. Uh, he might be somebody we don't see till next year. Uh, and then Jordan Spieth, he was pretty good on Thursday and Friday. He was somebody I didn't really like this week. He faded over on the weekend though. So he kind of regresses some expectations. 9,000 outrage. Best player in this range was Sam Burns. Guy I really liked cash top 10 on him. He finished eighth in DraftKings scoring for the week. I mean, he just is on a roll. I mean, he was the ball striking numbers were great. Uh, did he end up putting well this tournament? Yeah, he he finally ended up gaining strokes putting uh, after losing the last two, and that's why he finished T5. And just, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. Uh, it seemed like he was somebody who didn't play smart golf. Like, he had all the talent in the world, but he would take too many chances when it didn't warn it. But uh, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about Sam Burns. And apparently, he's kind of taking it a little safer on the golf course, and it shows on you know, and the results that, you know, he ended up winning Valspar, won the Sanderson, he lost in a playoff at WGC FedEx, finished top five this week. You know, he was leading, I think, after 36 holes last week at the Shriners. I mean, this kid has unlimited talent, and this is probably going to end up being a big year for Sam Burns. Uh, Cam Smith also did very well. He's at 50% ownership in DFS. He was somebody. He was my big shore of the week, and that did not work out very well. I knew immediately that was a bad bet as soon as I said that, so Mea culpa, if you end up having him, you know, him in a matchup, he probably ended up being, you know, cost him some money. Uh, Sung Jay followed up uh, a win at the Shriners with a uh, top 10 finish in DraftKings this week. He was very good in the week. Abe Answer was somebody I, I liked. I thought he, you could go back to him um, after disappointing at Shriners because he does have a very good track record at Quail Hollow. He finished 11th at DraftKings scoring. So, and he was only a 5% owned. So, if you use him, that was a great leverage play. I mean, the only ones who really disappointed in this range were I had high hopes for Tony Finau, and he was 44th in the field. He didn't do very well. You know, I mean, it looked like with him, he hit the ball fine, but he could not putt a lick this week. So, that ended up costing him. Uh, I also liked Hideki Matsuyama, and that worked out very poorly. He cost me money on a matchup. 
Um, he lost 2.4 strokes per round putting. That is classic Masayama. Gain over a stroke tee to green, lose over two putting. So, and he still finished 10 under at the summer, which shows goes to show how bad this golf course is. So, I mean, he was 8% known in DraftKings. He had birdie is. Um, $8,000 range. This did not have a whole lot of ownership. It seemed like people were using, um, you know, they went up top with stars and scrubs. They kind of ignored this range. I mean, the most popular player in this range is Paul Casey, who was fine. I mean, he's 29th in DraftKings scoring. Um, Terrell Hatton had some steam because he was pretty good on Fazio tracks. He did well this week, but 18th of drafting scoring. The only guys who really were, I would say, decent were Adam Scott, who I strangely went away from. I actually liked him last week, and I don't know why I didn't use him this week. Uh, he was fifth in scoring. I think he finished uh, fifth in the tournament, too. He was great. Webb Simpson also bounced back uh, from a mediocre TBC Summerlin. You know, last week he actually hit the ball pretty well. Shriners just couldn't putt. I think that ended up reversing itself. Let me see. He, Yeah, that ended up reversing his week. He actually hit the ball awful this week, but he saved himself putting it around the green. That's kind of what Webb Simpson does. He finished 13th drafting scoring, so he was 7.7% owned. That worked out pretty well for him. Um, under 8,000 in the $7,000 range, um, chalk was it hit. Usually we try to fade chalk under eight. If he did, you burned you. I mean, Aaron Wise, 22%. I liked him a lot. I had a top 20 prop on him. He was great. He was fourth in scoring. Taylor Gooch, I, who I, I'm not sure why I didn't bet him top 20 either. He was great. He had 19% ownership. Other than that, though, it, it was kind of an ugly range. I mean, Russell Henley was fine. He was 22nd scoring, but, you know, Max Homa didn't really do anything. Charlie Hoffman was bad. Uh, Cameron Tringali bad. Joaquin Neiman, that was somebody who I did not like, and I didn't understand why people were going back to him. He was 54th in scoring. It just... It, that kid's lost. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, he hit the ball fine. He just couldn't putt. I mean, but that's kind of been his MO for the last couple of months. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping I won't see him till next year and he kind of figures things out. And then under $7,000, <clears> <000, clears throat> the biggest play of the week was Johnny Vegas at 18%. My co-host loved him. And he paid dividends. He was 16 in the DraftKings scoring. Uh, the only other chalk here was Cam Davis. He was a big disappointment. I think people got fell in love with um, the fact he was a big hitter. And that was what people were focusing on. Well, I mean, 58th in scoring. I mean, the stars in this range, Ricky Fowler. That that was good to see him play well again. I mean, it's it was, I mean, you can criticize Ricky for all he wants with um, you know, his endorsements or you know, how he kind of carries up, how he's just, you know, he self-publicizes a lot and he doesn't really back up with play. Well, he played great this week and he actually hit the ball awesome. He lost strokes putting to the field, which usually doesn't happen. And if that actually reverses stuff, he probably wins. So, you know, he's going to be playing at the Zozo next week. I expect uh, his DraftKings price, because it's a really top-heavy field, probably be closer to like 9,000. I think he's going to see a big jump up. Um, I don't expect his pre-tournament odds to be hanging around 100 like I bet him last week. I was actually worried that I was a week early on him and I was going to kick myself. But <clears throat> excuse me, but he was great. Um, as far as everything else in this range, I liked EVR this week. He played better on the leaderboard than he did actually in DraftKings. He was only 36 in scoring. Harry Higgs, another guy, who played better on the I think on the leaderboard than he did in DraftKings. He's 24th. Uh, Gary Woodland played better. Uh, that was uh, somebody I liked as a pivot play in this range, you know, trying to replicate what Cam Davis says, what Johnny Vegas says, what Gary Woodland finished 10th. Same thing with Keith Mitchell. That was a guy I really liked. And uh, Boston Capper was trying to push back, saying, well, it's not Bermuda. And I 
you know, came on the whim. Well, you know, grass only matters until you put on it. And uh, Keith Mitchell was good for three rounds. He did not play well um, on Saturday, but he putt very well on bent grass, despite being known as a guy who doesn't putt well on uh, anything else but Bermuda. So, you know, if you use him at 6200 bucks, he probably was, I think he was the DFS MVP this week, just because he was 6200 bucks and he finished third in draft one scoring. So, uh, good for everybody who used him. Robert Streb, again, just popped out of nowhere, too. I think he missed, like, half his cuts this year and just suddenly just played well this week. So, you know, good for him. And then, yeah, let's uh, put a bow on this. Let's take another break. And then let's then go talk about the Zozo. All right, before we talk about the Zozo, Let's talk about PropSwap. This show is brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing, and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, PropSwappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchase on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. So get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Let's move on from the CJ Cup. Let's go to the Zozo Championship. So this is the return to Asia for the PGA Tour. I mean, there, there used to be... Three tournaments held there uh, a year, or actually it used to be four. So you had the CJ Cup, you had uh, CIMB in Kuala Lumpur, although that got replaced by the CJ Cup. Uh, you had the WGC China, and you had the Zozo in, in Japan. And because of COVID, um, it canceled last year's tournament. Uh, so they ended up playing at Sherwood Country Club in California. That was one by Patrick Cantlay. And I I famously had Justin Thomas future and he blew in the back nine. I think my co-host said John Rom future. He blew in the back nine too. And Patrick Cantley, who no one bet on. Well, no one on the show bet on, uh, he ended up winning. So, but now we return to Japan. Uh, so going over Japan this week, um, you know, you got Xander Shoffley heading over. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, he was pretty anonymous until Sunday at the CJ cup, but he had a really good day. Uh, I think people are going to go to him because, well, he, his last one came Japan. Uh, people have kind of been building up that he's been, um, or not building, but speculating that, you know, maybe this event is pretty important to Xander that, um, you know, he might be uh, like, you know, ba basically he wants to really win this one because he's back in Japan. It means something to him. Uh, there's also the narrative that, you know, he only does well in sh uh, limited field events. I think that's nonsense because Xander Shop, which is awesome. Regardless, um, I expect him to probably have very short odds this week. Same thing, Colin Morikawa, just because of what he did this week, uh, you know, coming within a shot of winning. I think his odds are going to be probably eight to one, especially because of how bad this field kind of is after the top guys. So he's one to watch. I mean, you know, Hideki Matsuyama, as I mentioned, has kind of been a rut. Uh, can he, you know, kind of recover a little bit in front of his home country? There's going to be a lot of pressure. Find it on a red eye. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch him. He's been he's been hitting the ball really bad lately. So, you know, we'll see. And then some other nobles in the field. You got Paul Casey, Ty Fleetwood, who played okay at the CJ Cup. I mean, he finished 1,400 and finished like 30th. I mean, that's what, what are you going to do? Uh, Ricky Fowler's making the trip over. I think he's going to be a big favorite just because of what happened this week. People think he's back. 
Will Zalator is going to play over there. Uh, and then if you want to, you know, look at the full field, you can go ahead. So uh, let's talk about this golf course again. So it's a, we're going back to the Accorded Golf Narashino Country Club in Chiba, Japan. Uh, it first opened in 1965 during the height of the Japanese golf boom. And, you know, after World War II, Japan was basically left in ruins. So they were looking for ways to recover economically, and they turned to golf. You know, they realized that businessmen love to play golf. Uh, they love to take your clients golfing. It was a way to get out of the day-to-day stresses of, you know, being in high-intensity jobs and just blow off some steam. So between 1958 and 1979, there were over 1,300 golf courses built in Japan, and Narashita Country Club was one of them. And it's it's a very traditional Japanese design, and for two reasons. Well, the first is a lot of traditional Japanese golf courses, very tree-lined, very tight, very narrow. Basically, what the architects want to do is make it seem like you're not in civilization. A lot of these golf courses are built in the city around Tokyo or in the suburbs. And, you know, it, they want to basically create the environment for a golfer that you're not at work. You know, you're nowhere near it. You're in nature. You can enjoy yourself. You can relax. And, you know, Narashino is definitely a traditional Japanese golf course in this respect. It is very tight, very tree lined. Oh, excuse me. When I co- mapped this uh, course out, I first looked at it back in tw- uh, 2019, I kind of compared it to one of those like hedge mazes <laughs> where it just looks like just walls of vegetation, just like you're kind of like, you know, working your way through a maze of the golf course. It, basically, overhead, it looks just like that. Um, big walls of trees, really narrow, really narrow fairways, too. Um, and the trees are tall. You know, it, it's not a golf course that you can cut the dog legs. Um, and where the dog legs are, sometimes you have to lay up. You can't, sometimes you can't use driver in every hole. So everything is pretty much out in front of the golfer. You have to play it as is. Uh, if you hit it offline, you're either going to have a really bad angle to the green or you're going to have an obstructed angle. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, you got to really keep it, you know, between the, uh, ham and the mustard of this place. But, you know, the, the most, uh, telltale sign of this is a Japanese golf course is, it used the two green system. Now we, you know, we I talked about this back at the Olympics at uh, Kasumi Gaseki, that that golf course used to have two greens. Well, Tom Pfizer came in and just said we're going to do one green, one giant green, like he always says. But this one has two greens, and what the two green system does is it allows it basically stretches out the time in which people can play the golf course. So one green is a summer strain of grass. Usually it's a Bermuda or a Zoysia. And then the other one's a winter species, so it's a bent grass. Uh, and this ensures that golf can be played year-round. Um, you know, it also, like, if there's a time in the year when both grasses can thrive, you know, it can give the you know the course a little bit of flexibility to set up different pins. You know, and the only criticism about it is, you know, it, it, it limits what you can do to some of these greens because you have to create two basically smaller greens. And a lot of these end up being kind of boring and flat and not really undulate a whole lot. And when I looked at this golf course, it's kind of that. I mean, I didn't really notice the greens being too tricky. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of flat spots. So I think that's just because it's two greens. There's not a whole lot you can do with it. So, you know, as far as the nuts and bolts of this golf course, it's a par 70. Uh, plays a, about 7,100 yards. You can play with the tee box a little bit to play, you know, 7,090, 7, but it's not a traditional par 70 because it has three par fives and it has five par threes. Uh, two of the par fives are over 600 yards long. 
um, for the par threes are between 160 and 185 yards. So, you know, not a whole lot of long par threes at this place. You know, sometimes we go to golf courses. I think last week there were three of the par threes are over 200 yards, not at this place, you know, using a lot of mid irons off the tee under par threes. Um, but the par four, some of them are pretty long. You know, even though it's only 7,100 yards, it, it can play a lot longer. You know, half of the par fours are over 480 yards. Um, there's a couple par fours are under 400 yards, but none of them are drivable just because of where the dogwoods are, where the trees are, and the positions of the greens. Um, players are going to hit a wide variety of shots. I mean, he's a lot of clubs in the bag. I mean, it's going to be a lot of, you know, less than driver off the tee. You got, you know, some I- short irons in the greens. You got some long irons in the greens because you have these longer par fours and some of these longer par fives. You know, you're going to hit driver. You're going to be hitting, you know, f- hybrids into some of these greens. Uh, you're going to be hitting a lot of mid irons, especially on these par threes. So, it's not like a golf course where you kind of saw this week where it was a lot of driver, a lot of short iron. It's and you kind of do that over and over. It's you know these guys are gonna be tested. Um, and then the the only unfortunate thing about this tournament is there's no strokes gain stats kept whenever they go overseas. But you know, so really the only stats I could find on the Zozo in 2019 was just simple stats like driving accuracy rates and green regulation percentages. Um, so. You know, like I said earlier, the golf course is very narrow. It's very tree lined. You know, and and guys are having trouble keeping the ball in the fairway. Only about you know, guys are holding the fairway about fifty five percent of the time. Uh, back in twenty nineteen, that's well below average for the PJ Tour. Um, but guys are still able to hit the green about sixty seven point six percent of the time. You know, that's pretty average PJ PJ Tour standard. So what that tells me kind of is, you know, even though guys are missing the fairways. Um, because the rough, and, and by the way, it's, it's, it's Zoysia rough, uh, bankgrass greens, but the Zoysia is starting to become dormant this time of year. So it's hard to grow. It's not going to be quite as thick. Uh, it seems like it's pretty easy to get a club onto the ball and get to the green. So, uh, why don't we take another break? And uh, before we'll talk about, uh, what happened in 2019 and then, uh, talk about some betting strategies. Let's talk about keeps. And I know that if you're my co-host uh, dealing with a bunch of kids at Universal Studios and the Patriots blowing you know, the game in overtime, and yeah, he probably pulled out a lot of his hair this week. Not only did he pull his groin, he probably pulled his hair out. and But he probably might be using keeps this week. So keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. You know, you got convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. So you don't have to leave your home. Yeah, low-cost treatments start at $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions, too. You have discrete packaging with proven results, and Keeps has a five-star reviews, you know, that they're more than any other uh, of their competitors. And listen, with hair loss, too, like, prevention is key. You know, sometimes treatments take four to six months to see results, so act fast. And if you're someone who's looking in the mirror, you don't like what you're seeing, you, you know, see the hair growing, you know, further and further back every time you look in the mirror, take action today and prevent your hair loss. So go to Keeps.com. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP. All right, let's talk about the 2019 Libra. And like I said earlier, there isn't any strokes gain data to look back on. Sometimes we freak out about that stuff. I mean, you can't see your precious course history data. You can't see how guys played it. You can't see how many guys you know gained or lost strokes like, like like what areas were key so and that tends to freak out gamblers a little bit but you know listen that kind of is a little bit of my comfort zone you know because i look at the golf course a lot and yeah it kind of helps me guide my decisions where to bet so 
What I did first was I wanted to figure out, because when I first looked at this place, I thought, well, this probably has to be less than driver a whole lot, right? I mean, guys probably have to play positional golf. They got to keep it the fairway. They probably will club down the sacrifice distance or to gain accuracy. So what I am doing was I am watching Tiger Woods, who, by the way, won the 2019 Zozo Championship. That get you know, good job, PJ Tour. Um, you know, having that be his a second, you know, record tying PJ Tour win on a Monday when no one even saw it. So you know, good job by them. But I thought I was going to assume that watching Tiger play his final round, it was going to be a lot of lesson driver on the par fours and fives and. The, on the front nine, I was right. Uh, on hole number one, he took three width. That's a 405-yard par four. He had about 160-yard approach shot into the green, which he comfortably stuffed. Uh, next hole was a 363-yard par four that kind of dog legs. You, know, you can't see the green from the tee box. He took an iron, played positional golf, and he had about a wedge in. Uh, on hole number eight, took a three width on the other 395-yard uh, par four. They didn't give a yards when his approach shot distance was, but I was guessing about 130. So... On the front nine, uh, he only hit driver on the five-yard par four, fourth, uh, the par five, sixth, and the par and the long par four ninth. But that's you know basically fifty percent of the par fours and fives on the front nine. Pull less than driver. He basically played to my expectation. But on the back nine, though, it was all drivers, uh, with the exception of hole number ten. He took a three, but, but driver on eleven, driver on twelve. Those are two long par fours. Took a driver on 14. That's another 600-yard par 5. That was actually a three-shot hole for him, so his approach shot in the degree was, about, was 100 yards. Took a driver again, hole number 15. Driver again, 17. That's a long par 4. Ironically enough, he had a three-wood on 18. Uh, that's a par 5, but where the whole dog leg is about 270 yards out, you can't hit driver or else you're going to blast it through the dog leg and you're going to be in the tree. So to my surprise, he used driver a lot that round. And he drove the ball very well that week. Um, you know, he he was one of the leaders in driving accuracy. He hit sixty five percent of his fairways in the week, and that was you know pretty key, just because you can definitely get in a lot of trouble. And you saw in his round too when he did spray it, he was either behind a tree or you know, he couldn't see the green from where he was. You know, he basically had to bail out certain places. And you know, and the way his winning score is nineteen under. And in order to get to that clip, you got. Basically, keep it in front of you. Can't get yourself in trouble, and you basically have to set yourself for a great approach shot. And that kind of and driver actually was kind of a theme for the rest of that top ten. There was a lot of guys who drove it really well that week. Um, eight of the ten, eight or ten of the twelve guys who finished inside the top ten that week, and that includes Tiger Woods finished first. You got Deck Matsuyama second. T three was Rory McIlroy and Sung J M. Fifth place, Gary Woodland. Uh, T6, Billy Horschel, Corey Connors. T8, Byung-Hung An, uh, Charles Howell III for T8. T10, you got Xander Shoffley, Ryan Palmer, Danny, and Danny Lee. So of those guys, 10 or 12 of them finished towards the top half of driving accuracy on the week. And there's a lot of guys who generally are just really efficient and pretty have a pretty good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. So, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Tiger is one of the best drivers of all time. You got Hideki. Rory, Xander Shoffley, they all are very efficient getting a ton of strokes off the tee. You got guys like, you know, some James pretty accurate, who actually was one of the more inaccurate guys in the tournament, but he's generally knows a pretty accurate driver of the golf ball. You know, Gary Woodland has a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. Corey Connors, same thing, good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. Um, you know, 
uh, Danny Lee had, well, actually, that's a bad, that's a bad example. Uh, Billy Horschel is a pretty accurate driver. So a lot of these guys kind of, you know, are, are they either have a good combination of Lincoln and accuracy off the tee, they gain a lot of strokes, or they're pretty accurate. But if you look at the rest of this top 10, though, like the other important stat that I'm going to look at this week, green regulation. Really get iron players in the field of Rosa Top. And there is a, you can definitely see the clear separation of guys who hit their irons really good and hit their irons really poorly. So on the week, uh, where's my stat? Um, so 10 of 12 guys um, inside the top 10 uh, were in the top 20 in green regulation uh, rate for the week. And uh, only two players inside the top 20 were in the bottom half of green regular green regulations of the week. And again, like I said, I just heard about a bunch of names. A lot of really good iron players in, in that top 10. I mean, Tiger's probably the best iron player in history. You know, Hideki, great iron player. Rory, great iron player. Xander, great iron player. Gary Woodland, 2019, great iron player. You know, Corey Connors, he's on hashtag team no putt. Sandy Byung hung on. You know, Billy Horschel's another guy where golf courses are a little shorter. You have to be a little more accurate off the tee. And when that happens, you know, he's a pretty good mid iron player. You know, he tends to show well. He finishes the top 10 in this you know, tournament. Brian Palmer was also a very good iron player in, on the PGA Tour that year, too. Same thing with Danny Lee. Same thing with Charles Howell III. So, you know, I, I'm going to keep it simple this week. Um, I don't think I'm really going to freak out about the fact there's no stats. I think I'm just going to target really good ball strikers. You know, guys who either gain a lot of strokes off the tee are pretty accurate. If you're someone who loses strokes and is inaccurate, or someone who tends to gain strokes more from length than precision, you know, that might be cause for concern for me. If you're a bad iron player, you're not going to get any attention from me. Uh, it's, it's, that just, that's just, I'm not even going to go there with them. And then as far as putting, I mean, I, like I said, there's a lot of hashtag team no putt guys in this, in that top 10. You had Hideki, you had Byung Kung An, you had, um, Corey Connors, you know, you have Danny Lee you got, you know, Woodland's a little streaky with the putter sometimes too. So, you know, but all of them are just really a ball striker. So as long as I don't care if you lose a billion strokes putting, as long as you kind of show that at least bent on bent grass, you know, you do okay on the surface. If you're just a premium ball striker, that's what I'm going to look for. And I'm going to keep it simple. Um, I think some people are going to try and look for golf course comps. I had trouble doing it myself. I think if anything, I saw maybe a little bit of Valspar in this place. I mean, Tiger's played well with Valspar. Like Woodland's won there before. Horse has been good there. Uh, you know, other than that, though, like I couldn't really match. Like, it's not really Harbor Town. I mean, that's another tight tree line place. But you know, this place uses a lot more drivers than that one does. I think I'm just going to throw out course history or course comps. I'm just going to say, all right, are you just really a ball striker? Are you really consistent? That's good enough for me for for this week. Let's take one more break um, before we get out of here. Let's talk about prediction strike. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well, prediction strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction strike is the only performance-based stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create profiles of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. So simply download the Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use codes in 
Use code SGP, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would for real stocks. The value of players will change based on your your game performance and supply and demand, as, and you can trade your shares with any players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in the game. Sign up with the promo code SGP to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And lastly, let's talk about OddsCrowd. Are you the best NBA player in the U.S.? You can prove it on OddsCrowd, and they're free to join and play a fantasy betting contest. Or season-long NBA contests with $3,000 in cash for grabs, as well as weekly $200 contests as well. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick-tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCrowd isn't just for fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to OddsCrowd.com today. All right, that's it. Uh, very successful week for me, very successful week for people who maybe, uh, tailed some picks. Um, but we're going to get right back to work with the Zozo. Uh, we have a very special guest on Tuesday. We have Andy Lack, uh, from the Inside Golf Podcast. I was very gracious to go on his show a couple weeks ago. We are returning the favor. He's going to come on our show on Tuesday. He's going to join us for DFS and picks. Uh, he's been doing pretty well lately too. So he's going to, he always has great insights about golf courses and, you know, comps and the architecture. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be great. You know, if you haven't listened before you're in for a treat, he's going to be great when he comes on our show. So yeah, tune in Tuesday. Uh, my co-host will be back. Uh, I will be back and we'll have Andy Lack and uh, yeah, we'll try to get another winner uh, next week. So thanks again. And uh, we'll see you on Tuesday.